to another episode of Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. Uh, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the elusive Matt. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well. On this um, special anniversary day, uh, are you aware that today, as we're recording this, it is the 55th anniversary of Doctor Who? I didn't. You kept yeah. that a secret in the I car. did, didn't I? 55 terrible years. <laughs> what a reign of terror. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think it's quite nice that we're... Fitting that we're talking about the finale. Not quite as fitting as if we'd uh, stuck to our original schedule, by which point I think this week we would have been um, recording the first episode of Doctor Who, An Unearthly Child. But, you know, more about that... Not this episode, but the next one. See, it's um, it's, it's yeah. also a special week, because next week we're going to record our end of series finale. Yes. So, yeah. I think if people want to get in touch, that would be a really good time. Oh yeah, it would be fantastic so, to hear from people. I just want to recap, yeah. our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com, and we're also on Twitter at timenorspacepod. To be clear, Matt is on Twitter... And I don't. Yeah. I disapprove of some of the things he's been saying on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I hate Doctor Who. <laughs> you but love it, really. Also, uh, I wanted to. Just raise something because mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at two episodes today. We are Mad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. Yes, the finale. So I don't think it's any secret that I want to solve the Bad Wolf mystery. Yes, you've been waiting for this to pay off. Okay, so I wanted to talk about what I thought Bad Wolf was going to be. Prior to finding out Ooh, what it was. I am very okay. interested to hear so this. I had two key theories. One was diminished quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. One was diminished when I watched the episode. Yeah. So the first one, it goes right back to episode three. Yes, The Unquiet Dead. The Unquiet Dead. Where the girl is looking in Rose's head and she says, Bad Wolf. But she also mentions Rose's father. Yes. So, prior to the episode Father's Day, I thought they were going to be one and the same. I thought ah. they were going to find out that Rose's father had perhaps done something to wrong Rose or harm Rose right. in her childhood. I thought right. the reveal was going to be that her father was the bad wolf, but obviously yeah. that episode sort of cancelled that. No, no, it didn't play out that way at all. Yeah. Then my second thought was when we go back in time to the episode The Long Game, uh-huh. I thought Adam may be the bad wolf ah, because right. the no. way he <laughs> yeah. left the series, yeah. he'd sort of been dismissed by Rose and the mm-hmm. Doctor. He had every right to be resentful towards yes. them. Yeah, he might have gone full supervillain or something. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was going to be the birth of yeah. a villain yeah. in Adam. But no, not bad wolf, just a bad character. Bad egg. <laughs> bad sexual assaulting egg. <laughs> yes. Hopefully this is the last time we will ever have to discuss him. Um, every time we do, we'll raise the fact that... Oh, absolutely. It deserves to be known. He, is, he, is... he knows what he's done. Yeah. Indeed. Right. So, so, shall we jump into Bad Wolf then? Why not? So, episode 12 of season one. Yes. This... First aired 11th of June, 2005. Mm-hmm. And written by your friend and mine, Russell T. Davies. Good old RTD. I mean, who else was he? He's not going to hand over the series finale to anyone else, is he? No. So, let's play a game. 
Okay. <laughs> it's the one we usually play at the start of the episode. Yeah. What do you think I thought of this episode? Okay, so if if memory serves, the scale is good episode, good episode with bad bits, meh, bad, uh, bad episode with good, good bits, bits, or just straight bad up bad episode. episode. I hope we're looking at good episode with bad bits. Not only do I think this is a good episode, uh-huh. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so I, happy! Like I genuinely <laughs> became invested in it. I really liked it. Yeah, we're talking specifically about the first part here, Bad but, Wolf. But, but, yeah, really? But if uh-huh. anything, when we get to it, episode 13, thirteen, yeah, probably preferred that. But really? I really, really, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It's been. <laughs> A while since we've met to record this. It has. I I was busy having a child. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So it's all right. But I, genuinely, having finished watching this, I had to fight the urge to tell you how good these episodes oh, are. I'm delighted They're to hear really, this. Really, really good. Yeah. Now part of that is. When we watched the trailer, and I, I know you have feelings about me watching the trailer. Yeah, especially that one, because it gave away the fact that the Daleks were in this episode. It, yeah, but the problem I had with the trailer, or the problem I thought I had with the trailer, mm-hmm. was the setting. Yeah. This reimagined, futuristic 2005. It's got all these television shows of the time. It's got Big Brother. Yeah, it's got it seems Trinity, very dated. It's Susanna. very rooted in the sort of time in but, which... This series was being made. Actually, I think it had been long enough for me. I actually had quite a fondness for this time. Yeah, it's sort of weirdly nostalgic, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there was real overkill with things like The Weakest Link. It was uh-huh. on every day. You know, there were celebrity specials. Oh, uh, yes. to America. Yeah, yeah. But actually, having watched it again, I really, I really liked it. And yeah. I surprised myself how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, people people are often quite split on whether they appreciate the sort of um, TV show parodies that, that um, this episode opens with. To be clear, for those who haven't seen the episode, it basically starts with the Doctor, should, should, Rose should, and Jack basically transported into various parodies. Should, of, should we r- yeah. jump into the episode and then yes. we can yeah, yeah, yeah. go through those Let's one by one? Cause Let's do it. They're quite relevant. Yeah. For what could have been a throwaway joke. Oh, yeah. The yeah. setting opens it and explains the dilemma mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't think an episode of Big Brother could. No, quite. So, so it's set 100 years after the long game. So we're in the year 200,100. Yeah. Do you remember, actually, sorry to derail immediately, but do you remember at the end of uh, that episode where I asked you, why do you think it's called the long game? Yeah, and I had no clue. But <laughs> now you are. do. But going back to that then, was mm-hmm. the, and you'll correct my pronunciation of yeah. the monster from that episode, the, uh, Jaguar, the, the Jaguar Fest, the mighty Jaguar Fest. Was yeah. that in any way linked to the Daleks, or did the Daleks simply come in his absence? I have a feeling, if memory serves, that the, it, the dialogue in the episode suggests that uh, the Daleks were basically there in the background before the Jaguar Fest even was installed. Install... So, so, so essentially... Um, in that episode, The Long Game, at first you think the editor played by Simon Pegg is the bad guy. Then you realise that he is just a stooge for the Jagrafess. And now, the Jagrafess in itself was potentially just a stooge, stooge. of the Daleks. Yeah. 
So, so <laughs> it's a whole the, Russian doll the situation. The doctor wakes up yeah. and can't stand. Yeah. A random girl helps him, and he can't remember what happened yeah. at this time. So the three key characters, the Doctor, Rose, and Jack, suffer that sort of same fate. They yeah, wake up, they don't know really where. Yeah, they've all been somehow transplanted from the TARDIS into these different settings. And the random girl says that the Doctor was chosen. Yeah. There are two other housemates. The Doctor is summoned to the diary room. And that's where the episode theme kicks in. Yeah. So we we already, I think in that opening scene, we you've got the the classic Big Brother music bed that's in the right. background. Yeah. It's if for anyone who has seen Big Brother, uh, specifically British Big Brother of that era, it is immediately apparent yeah. what's happened. It's not immediately apparent that that he's in a future version of Big Brother. No. But it no. is obviously some incarnation well, of the Big Brother I, house. I think. This would have blown my mind at the time to think that the BBC had a Channel Four program. Yeah, yeah, because of course we exactly we are we are we are crossing channels here. Yeah, um, but yeah, and it's... that that strikes me as a bit of a gamble on Channel 4's part as well, because obviously in the launch of Doctor Who, nobody knew how popular it was going to be. No, Big Brother was huge at this point. Yeah, it was probably at its peak around mm. two thousand and five. And following the theme music, Rose awakes in a dark room, unsure mm-hmm. how she gets there, with Patterson Joseph. Yes. Now, I wanted to talk about this because, uh, I mean, I think he does a good job in these episodes, yes. but I think... So he's playing the character Roderick, yes. but we all know him as Johnson. Johnson. From Peep Show. Absolutely. And, um, and it's hard for me to separate him from the character Johnson. Yeah. Because... He's such a brilliant character and a great actor playing him. Yes. But this idea that Roderick is entirely different is really good. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting Sleazeball Johnson. But, but no, he's not like the... He's, he's, he's greedy, but in a sort of whiny and just uh, nasty yeah. kind of way. He, he's a, he's he a doesn't slight... have the charm that Johnson has. No, no. no or, or the swagger. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen uh, the Neil Gaiman miniseries Neverwhere? No, I don't think so. Are you, are you aware of it at all? I, I, yeah. I know of it. Yeah, yeah. so um, he, uh, he's one of the lead characters in that. He plays a character called uh, Marquis de Carabas, right. uh, who is very heavily inspired by the Doctor as right. a character. Okay. And um, there were rumours abound after uh, the departure of Eccleston, I think, either after Eccleston or after Tennant, that Patterson Joseph would be the next Doctor. Oh, right. And I have a feeling he would have been fantastic in the part. And it's it's nice to see him in this, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know, it's nice when he's got actors that you like in other stuff cropping up in Doctor Who. That's one of the joys of Doctor Who, is it? That it cycles through cast members at such yeah. a rate that sooner or later, every actor you have a fondness for will have a turn in it. But I do kind of feel like there goes one of the great doct- yeah, Doctors we've never seen. Yeah. So, so yeah. we find out the reason they can't remember anything is because the transmat causes a bit of amnesia. Yes. So they've been transported yeah. here yeah. by some means that they're still unaware of. I don't know whether you've bothered to Google transmat, but um, that is a term that dates back to, I think, at the very least, the Troughton era of right. Doctor Who. So we're going back to black and white days. Um, so generally speaking, um, in Doctor Who, 
We don't say teleport. We say transmat. transmat. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so he tells Rose to do what the android says. The android's word is law. Yes. Now there's a huge pun on android here. Yeah. Because it's an android. Yes. A, a droid. Uh, yeah. Van Robinson. Yes. Yeah. They really, um, they really milk that one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on an episode of The Weakest Link. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now Captain Jack wakes up. Same scenario. Can't mm-hmm. really recall how he got there. Yep. And there are two robots, Trini and Susanna. Yep. Now in the trailer, I sort of missed that reference because they've yes. sort of fallen from. Not fallen from grace, but certainly the spotlight more so. I would say so. Yes, of of the three, it's it's the least obvious. It's the one that's stuck in the memory the least. Yeah, yeah. So they strip off Captain Jack. Yes, he says your viewing figures just went up. Yep. I I quite like Captain Jack. He's it's in, hard in not way, to like yeah, Captain Jack, isn't in it? In a way that yeah. Adam never did. Yeah, I really warmed. To Captain Jack. I mean, and I think so much of that is just down to, to the sort of innate charisma of John Barrowman. John Barrowman. Now, yes. are you aware of John Barrowman in the media at present? No, I don't really keep track of okay, what people so are doing. In, in but, the last yeah. couple of weeks, and I only know this through working in a school and a student informed me of it. Right. It blew my mind. Yeah. John Barrowman's currently in the jungle in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out. Of oh, here. right, is he? Okay. Now, who do you think John Barrowman is currently at war with? I mean, well, I don't know anyone who is in... Uh... TV British personality. Okay, let's see. Um, Noel Edmonds. In one, you get it. Shit, really? <laughs> John Barrowman <laughs> versus Noel Edmonds. Oh, shit. I, it's the I, fight we never knew we wanted to see. Suddenly, I have an urge to watch I'm a Celebrity. Get from, me out of here. From, from what I gather, Noel Edmonds is in some sort of position of power in a primitive camp and has made inappropriate comments that John Barrowman doesn't like. Uh-huh. They are the, the current celebrity feud. Edmonds versus Barrowman. Oh, I, I need to see this. At like, very least, edited highlights. This sounds fascinating. Uh, we've <laughs> joked in the past about writing Doctor Who fan fiction. Yeah. Let's just write fucking fan fiction for that. <laughs> <laughs> Torchwood versus Noel's House Party. Oh, brilliant. Mr. The, Blobby. Yeah, you've exactly. Got... Just the, the cast of Torchwood just hunting down Mr. Blobby whilst he goes on a Blobby rampage yeah, through Cardiff. Neil Morrissey washing the windows. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's that's delightful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. I when 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 I was thinking about where this episode would go, I never expected, expected it to a go here. Jungle yeah. brawl between John Barrowman and Noel Edmonds. <laughs> So, back with the Doctor. Yes. And we find out the girl he's befriended is called Linda. Linda with a Y. Yeah. And she's played by Joe Joyner. I, I don't know whether I've seen her in anything else. Okay, well, she played a character called Tanya Branning in EastEnders. She was quite a prominent right. figure in EastEnders. Okay, now. yeah, I'm not familiar I'm, with EastEnders. I'm, so, I'm yeah. not necessarily a big fan of EastEnders. Yeah. But she was embroiled in a storyline. Now, you might remember this. Where she buried her on-screen husband Max alive. No, in the weirdest plot twist for a evening soap opera. That's. I mean, that's deeply upsetting. I mean, be- being buried alive is like my number one phob- phobia. Just my my go-to just horror mm. thing. It it just freaks me out no end. So yeah, the idea. I mean, 
This is the thing with EastEnders, though. It is pretty unremittingly grim, isn't it? Yeah. Despite the fact that it's it's kind of on, the, as you say, like tea time. Yeah. I mean, Southerners tend to say it's grim up north, but EastEnders just... Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there. No. Absolutely not. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think she's she's instantly, I'd say, quite a charming, nice um, person in this, yeah. Linda with a Y. I, I think one, one of the first things she says is she wants to know what the audience think of her. Yeah. And that sort of tied into the public consciousness of the time. Yeah. It was the birth of the internet, birth of social media. Yeah. The key thing was to be popular. Yes. Wasn't it? Well, I mean, that's, and, that was what Big Brother fed off. Yeah, and, you know, things like it wouldn't have been the X Factor, it would have been Pop Idol, perhaps, yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know, the idea that you could become famous quickly yes. was a real notion in society at this uh-huh. time. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so the doctor remembers that he dropped off the Slovene egg from the previous episode, Big yes. Town. And then they visited Kyoto in thirteen thirty six. And then there we was never br- got to see that. Then there was a bright light, and they woke up. Yeah. Okay. Now he says that no beam ever gets inside his ship. It's fifteen million times more powerful. Mm-hmm. And something is very, very wrong. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite nice that he says to the camera, "I'm getting out. I'm finding my friends, and then I'm finding you. Whoever is put in there." Yeah. It's one of Eccleston's great angry emotional moments. yeah he does he does these bits so well that that sort of controlled rage yeah where he yeah. goes from jocular i'm the doctor i'm nice to everyone yeah. to shit's yeah. going down yes yeah he's really good at that yeah really yeah. good at that so from there rose is on the weakest link mm-hmm you watch a full round of the weakest link. <laughs> you surely do. With, but, with full questions <laughs> yeah. and answers and, that, and, and nominations. And, that, and, and of course, and the vast majority of those questions and answers relate to crazy alien shit from the future, which yeah, which Rose exactly. couldn't possibly know, and the audience has no frame of reference so for. They, they do mention Torchwood. They do. Point. I now, think this is our first, first reference. acknowledgement. Yeah. I know we've talked about yeah. it. Obviously, the relevance of Captain Jack to yeah. that series. Yeah. But it's the first time my ears sort of pricked up. Yes. Yeah. Are you aware that Torchwood is an anagram of, of Doctor, Doctor Who? Who? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 That's one of the very few things I know. <laughs> okay. But Rose just keeps laughing. Yeah, because... Well, think about it. She's been travelling with the Doctor for... Um, goodness knows how long at this point. Months, at least. And she's seen all of this crazy alien stuff and future stuff. And, and she's just, she's along for the ride with all of it. And so she's like, oh, I've been plonked in the middle of an the episode weakest of Weakest Link in the future. as a robot version of Andrew Robinson. This is ridiculous. And one, and one of the showrunners says, I think she knows. So there's yeah. an illusion there that something bigger is happening. Yeah. Because up until this point, it's literally been about five minutes of an episode of The Weakest Link. Yes, yeah. So, thankfully, there is a nod that something else is going on. Yes. And we're not just yeah. going to watch The Weakest Link. Just this for an hour, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Jack is still on his show. They say they're going to do some cutting-edge cosmetic surgery. Uh-huh. And then wield loads of knives. Yeah. 
and it cuts back to Rose on the weakest link, and the girl that's voted off starts to cry. Yes. Yeah. And is then vaporized by a laser. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, because a bloke then tries to run off. He can't handle it. Yeah. He's also vaporized. Yeah. Okay. And this is the point at which we realise that these shows are a bit more sinister than the versions it, we're used to it's in cosy 2005. Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So then Crosby is evicted from Big Brother. Yeah. We find out that means they're evicted from life. Yeah. They're just vaporised. Sucks to be Crosby. Okay. And people running the show realise that there's a problem. Yeah. We find out that the controller of the show hasn't been human for years. Yeah. And it's a weird blue woman in loads of wires. Yeah. It's a strong image, that, isn't yeah. it? I think it's it's like, it's one of those just proper slapping you around the face with some good old science fiction, isn't it? See, it's a, I think it's the juxtaposition of it being an innocent looking female. Yeah. Dragged through yeah. wires. Yeah. Now, my my feeling with the controller, obviously she she serves an important plot function, but I think thematically what RTD is basically trying to portray through her is what media can do to you. If you are just bombarded from all angles by media 24-7, which it can feel like you are being doing, it will kind of send you mad. Because, because when they say she's yeah. not been human for years, yeah. I just thought it was going to be another Jagrafex. Yeah. Jagrafress. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. It was interesting to me. It was something different. Mm-hmm. However, this is set 100 years after Long Game. Yes. And she has a lesser technology than Adam. Yeah. Um, well, I think that makes sense to me because if you then look at... Um what Linda says later in the episode and you realise that in the intervening hundred years subsequent to the long game that it kind of plunged the earth into chaos mm. um, so it, it makes sense to me that potentially techno- technology would have devolved further in certain respects yeah. so we then cut back to Big Brother find yeah. out there's 60 houses contestants are selected worldwide at random and a former contestant was evicted for blowing a camera up uh-huh. So, of course, the Doctor straight away starts blowing the camera. Yep, just gets the sonic out. We then cut back to Jack. Yes. And we find out it's time for the face-off. <laughs> Literally taking his face off. Yes. Yeah. And At which point, he pulls a gun. Yeah. Do you, do you want to be the one to say it, or shall I? What, that he pulls a plan out of his arse? The, the gun <laughs> is literally hidden up his arse. Yes. Yeah. A compact laser deluxe yeah. is the model of gun. You'd have to be very confident in the safety to oh, catch yeah. on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he shoots Trini and Susanna's head off. Yes. So Roderick says that Rose is stupid mm-hmm. and he wants to face her in the final round. So that's why he's not voting her off. Because yeah, he's she's stupid yeah. and he knows he can beat her. Yeah. Because he wants to get to the final to win a stack of credits uh-huh. from the Bad Wolf Corporation. Ooh. We're finally there. Yeah. Or at least... We think we we're there. We think we are. Yeah. I mean, the episode's called Bad Wolf. Surely, yeah. by the end of the episode, we are going to know the well, origin of Bad Wolf. One would so. You know, if, for example, you've wasted the past two, three months trying to work out this mystery, <laughs> it's the one thing I haven't Googled about yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. And 
I genuinely, I think at some point I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> so the Bad Wolf Corporation runs the game station. Yes. Rose acknowledges that the Bad Wolf is here. Yeah. They keep seeing it. Yeah. Okay. Is this the point where we get that little montage of just to refresh yeah. the viewers' memories? I wish memories. I'd save my time because actually, yeah. in my notes, yeah, I have at the back of my book written down every time we see it, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden we're just shown it anyway. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember again, this is this is pre Netflix, this is so episodic television, weekly. so it's it's fair enough that they wanted to throw a little reminder package at the audience, but uh, yes. At this point, she realizes someone's planned this. This yeah. is part of the bigger plan. Yeah, this is some. This is obviously some kind of conspiracy. And at the same time, the doctor makes draws the same conclusion because yeah. he's evicted but not vaporized, so somebody wants him alive. Yeah. Okay. He escapes from the house and realizes he's been here before. It's Satellite 5. Yes. Okay, so yeah. we've already mentioned that, but it yeah. is Satellite this 5. This is the moment that it's revealed to us, and, uh, and yeah. It's now called The Game Station. Yes. Do you, do you miss Game Station, the computer shop? I used to really prefer yeah. it to Game, and yeah. Game Station went out of business and Game's still here. Yeah. And now we have CEX, festering wound. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's been a while since I've set foot in any... Uh, uh, video game store because physical media is unnecessary. <laughs> right. And they're all dying. So, but yeah. I want to play another little game. Yes. Television shows from this time. Yes. With the features added by the game station. Right. I want you to try and guess in the real world which uh-huh. one of these is one of my favourite programmes. Okay. Okay. So there's Call My Bluff. Oh, yes. Uh, I think, did Sandy Toxvig host that at one point? Yes, she did for a while. Always a panellist or something. Now yeah. it's with guns. Yeah. Countdown. But that's with bombs. Yeah. A 30 second countdown. Yeah. Wipeout. Yeah. Which is exactly as it sounds. Uh-huh. Ground Force, where people are turned to compost. Yeah. And Stars in Their Eyes, where you sing or you are blinded. Which yeah. I like. I like the pun on that one. Yeah, I mean, you can tell RCD was having a lot of fun writing that little yeah. monologue, wasn't he? So, out of those, which is your favourite? Difficult. You see, I'm fond of quite a few of those, to be honest. Um, I, I would say so. I'm going to say, are you a Ground Force man? Did you, you know like what? a bit That's of Ground Force? Probably the one that I would like least. Really? I I cannot believe Wipeout is not still on the TV. It was originally hosted by Bob Monkhouse, yeah. and it was amazing. And I think that's the reason why. I think you take Bob Monkhouse out of Wipeout. Because I think Paul Daniels took over from him. Did he? And yeah. just not the same. Well, no, you, 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 that's, a, that's a significant downgrade, isn't it? I mean, which isn't to knock Paul Daniels, you know, give the man a top hat and some handkerchiefs and, and you're laughing. But he's not a game show host, is he? That's not, no. that's not what you go to Paul Daniels for. No. No. So, yeah. Right. Linda then turns the lights on, and there's a huge sign that says the Bad Wolf Corporation. This mm-hmm. is where the doctor makes that acknowledgement. Yeah. And the showrunner man tells the controller of security that they are no one. And details of how they got on board Archive 6 yeah. is out of bounds. That, I like that, ref- that um, oh, they are no one, because that's almost a little callback to the long game. Um, yes. Where yeah. 
there was the issue in security, but it wasn't them. They yeah. weren't acknowledged. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, it it would have been nice a hundred years later if we found out who the was it the Freedom Thirteen or Oh something? yeah, it'd be great if if they'd put in an appearance, maybe like the the the, the um the sort of the next generation of the Freedom Thirteen. Yeah, that would have been really we'll, cool. We'll just put them in the bin with the Reapers. And yeah. People yeah, that seem no, to have a huge impact on this universe, but are never mentioned. Yeah, you do not expect any payoff for the Freedom Thirteen anytime soon. Right, and then Jack appears, and he has built a gun. Yeah, out of out of bits of Trini and Susanna. Is it? Yeah. Oh, see, so I just thought, but either he found them or they were up his ass. <laughs> I, can, I don't. I mean, see, I totally missed that. I, I've <laughs> literally written in my note: Jack has a gun. How? I mean, well, that's my headcanon, isn't it? Obviously, we don't see him constructing it, but he's just blown up two advanced robots mm. who are presumably full of bits of technology. That makes sense to me that he could cobble himself together a gun with that, and maybe other other bits of tech on the set or something. Mm. Certainly, as much as I'm sure Jack's ass has a decent capacity, like a TARDIS, he's yeah. bigger on the inside <laughs> than it seems. But even then, I don't, the size of the gun that he creates, yeah. I don't think he could store all of that up there. So, following the acknowledgement of the Bad Wolf Corporation, yeah. the Doctor realizes Earth has gone wrong. Yeah. Okay. It should be the fourth great and bountiful human empire. Yeah. And Linda explains that it all went wrong a hundred years ago. Yeah. When? when the Doctor intervened in the episode long game. Yeah. So there was no news. Mm-hmm. Society collapsed. And there's been a hundred years of hell. Yeah. And we and this is all taking place on like a view of the space station where they're looking out over onto the earth and it's just it's like covered in smog. Yes. Um and yeah, just it looks grim and yeah, it's a really effective moment, I think. And it makes you realise the fact that, oh, the Doctor is capable of some serious errors. And the fact that his his MO is basically to pop in, roll up his sleeves, get stuck in, sort something out, and then he's off to the next thing and doesn't stick around to see the consequences. He doesn't get to watch the flowers grow yes. on you know whatever scenario he's created. And in this case, it has massively backfired because... Though news media has its problems, it does still give people the opportunity to be somewhat informed and in touch with the wider world. You take that out of society, it's not hard to see how society could then start to very quickly unravel. Sharp, interesting bit of writing and a brave choice, I think, for in the first series of the show to basically say, oh yes, your hero, your main character has basically doomed the earth, doomed the earth for a hundred years. We, we've mentioned before in the episode Dalek, one of the interesting things about him in that episode was yeah. how proud he was that he'd eviscerated all the Daleks. Yes. And yeah. how it had changed him. Yeah. But now he's having to face up to the repercussions of that. Yes. You know, yeah. he's struggling to do so. Yeah. It's basically, this, ep- this two-parter is just... A whole bunch of chickens coming home to roost. Yeah. It really and is. In, like I said at the beginning, where my theories on where the bad wolf was going, mm-hmm. because I was trying to form links between episodes, yeah. I think definitely one of the things I really liked about this episode is all the harks back to previous episodes and yeah. tying up those loose ends. Yeah. And most episodes have asked more questions than they've answered. Mm-hmm. But it's nice 
to sort of be at the other end of the journey and realise they were all leading you towards yes. this. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't... It, as much as the individual episodes feel a bit like you're just pinging about all over the place yeah. with no particular rhyme or reason to it, you do get a sense that there is actually... It's all kind of coming Converging. to a head. Yeah. 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 Okay. Jack meets up with the Doctor. Yeah. And we find out that the systems here are twice as complicated as a standard broadcaster. Yeah. Rose is still in the final showdown of The Weakest Link. And uh-huh. it's quite nice. She acknowledges she knows who the face of Bo is. Oh, yes. Yeah, we get a little shout out to the face of Bo. Well, obviously, we see him in, in uh, The End of the World. Yeah. He's referenced in... Uh, the long game mm-hmm. where we, you've got that news report that he's announced that he's pregnant. I and think I'd quite like the face of Bo to be more prominent as a character. Yeah. Like, like Snarf from, from, from the cats, <laughs> just a little comic relief, little friend <laughs> that they talk to at the end of the episode. Would you like him to just sort of be sat on the TARDIS then? Just yeah, every episode, and at just, the episode, yeah. he can make a joke and yeah. they all like go, Oh, face of, Bo. <laughs> and then like, freeze frame, end the episode. Uh, That'd be lovely. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. Um, so Rose loses in the showdown. Yep, unsurprisingly, given that she's in the she future has, and she knows no nothing. concept of this yeah. place. Yeah. And just as the Doctor appears to save her, the android kills her. Yep. Also, we're led to believe. Disintegrated. Little pile of dust left. And the Doctor, Jack. And yeah. their new friend Linda yeah. are arrested. Yeah. But not before the Doctor and Jack just batter everyone in yeah. sight. Yeah. It just got it's like a pantomime fight scene. <laughs> they just turn around and sock someone yeah. and turn I mean and the, the the way this is edited as well, it's all slow motion. I think the sound is all taken taken out. I think it's just music accompanying a lot of this, so it's um, this kind of moment where you know the doctor is just utterly crestfallen that he's failed Rose. Basically, I, I want to just yeah. dwell on that point a second there. Yeah, he is crestfallen. He's almost yeah. lost hope. Yeah, and as a result of that, we see him use a gun. Yeah, or certainly handle a gun. Yeah. in a threatening way. Yeah, and you know you've mentioned in the past that he just doesn't. It just doesn't do generally it. speaking generally speaking there are exceptions to the rule but generally speaking the doctor is not pro gun and i think we see we see an echo of that a bit later in this episode actually which we'll get to but but yeah so uh, were you for even a moment uh convinced that this might have been the end of rose um y- yes and no yes and no mm-hmm. i thought if it was that they could just go back in time and save her. Yeah, I mean, they do obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah. they explore the fact um, that that's not really a doable thing. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't think I was ever fully convinced it was the end. No, I mean, because it happens so... Com- towards the end of the first part. We've got a whole other part here. I think part of the thinking behind introducing Linda with a Y was to basically kind of make her a surrogate rose and perhaps lead the audience to think that maybe, oh, she was mm-hmm. going to be the new companion. Because she they've already had, I think, at this point, the conversation that she's going to... She would like to tag along with the Doctor. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I think that was the intention. 
to what extent it lands, I mean, obviously it depends whether or not you are aware of the fact that Rose is obviously in series two, yes. uh, <laughs> which does make uh, a difference. Yeah, that might have yeah. just hindered Yeah, my, yeah. Um, and also that, yeah, I think it's, even for Doctor Who, it is a jarring, harsh, premature yeah. death. Yeah, because whenever we've seen Rose in any real peril, yeah, it's not been life or death. You know, no. she was locked in a room with a Dalek. Yeah, and a Dalek that was faulty. Yeah, and, and couldn't have killed fond her. Of her. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. Uh, so they want to go to floor five hundred because yes. they know in the long game. Yeah, that was where yeah. they could seize control. Yeah, and the showrunner man. I've just called him showrunner man. I don't yeah. know if he's ever named. I don't know that he is. He explains the controller yeah. and the weird transmissions. Yeah. So, Jack, this at this point, separates from the Doctor. He goes to Archive 6. Lo and behold. The TARDIS. The TARDIS. He finds the TARDIS. Yeah. And we're sort of in the end of the first episode. Oh, here. can I say that, that I, I, also that moment is one of my favourite uh, Jack lines uh where, because um, they, they repeatedly said Archive 6 is out of bounds and they say it to Jack and, and he just sort of holds up two machine guns and says, do I look like an out of bounds sort of guy? Yeah. Which I think that is Jack in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so the final part of the episode yeah. is a conversation between the controller and the doctor. Yeah. And she, by name, refers to him as the doctor. Yes. And says that her masters have hidden in darkness, shaping the earth. Yes. And that her masters fear the Doctor. Yeah, basically, up until this point, she's been kind of like muttering incoherently and stuff. And because there's this scheduled solar flare activity, that basically gives a break in the transmission that allows the controller to to kind of give this exposition dump to the Doctor. Yeah. So Jack, at this point, explains that the beam is not a disintegrator, but another transmat beam. Yeah. And Rose is still alive. Yeah. And... We get a point of view shot that I think at the time might have passed me by had we not watched the episodes as quickly as we have. Yeah. And he says, I saw you die. Mm-hmm. Okay. The controller gives the doctor the coordinates yeah. of her master. Yeah. And says, you can kill me. I have brought your destruction. Yeah. To her masters. Yeah. Yes. And we get the Dalek kill effect. Yes. So at this point, it's not overtly stated, but we know, Dalits, we know. But... And also, there is a, an extra little hint for y- your old school fans. I don't know if you were aware during all of the scenes within the Dalek ships, there was this pulsing hum, wom 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 sort of noise. Um, that is a sound effect that dates, I. Th- certainly back to an early Dalek story. I think possibly the very first and has been used consistently through Dalek stories. So whenever you are in, whenever Daleks are essentially on home turf for Daleks, you you will hear that, that sound. Um, So it is utterly iconic. Because at this point we find out someone has been playing the long game. Oh, okay. So finally that that you asked me at the time. Okay, and we find out this other transmission where it says the tra- systems are twice as complicated because there's a second transmission. Yes. Okay, that's masking an area of space. Uh huh. They cancel the signal and it reveals a fleet. Yes. 
And Jack says, that's impossible, I know those ships. And they are, they are proper old school UFOs, basically, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they are they are flying saucers, and um, again the reason for that, of course, being that the Dalek ship was designed in like 1964. <laughs> so you know. Okay, and we're told there's 200 ships with 200 on board. Yeah. So I did a quick bit of maths. That's roughly half a million. Yeah. Half a million Daleks. This is the point they reveal, unless you've seen yeah. the trailer. Yeah. And again, <sighs> Eccleston does that beautiful controlled rage. Yes. He says he'll rescue Rose, save the Earth, destroy the Daleks. Yeah. And at that point, the invasion of Earth begins. Yeah. And and I love the moment, um, one of my absolute favourite um, uh, Eccleston moments there is, you know, the, 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 the Dalek says to him, but you have no weapons, no plan. Yeah. <laughs> and the Doctor says, oh. yes. And doesn't that scare you to death? Exactly. Because ah. if we hark back to, I think it is Father's Day. Yeah. In the, There's a conversation between the Doctor and a guest at the wedding. Yeah. And the guest says, oh, you have a plan. And he says, well, yeah, I'm good at giving that impression. <laughs> yeah. In this, the fact he doesn't have a weapon or a plan yeah. sort of becomes his weapon and his plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. It means they can't predict what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. And going into the second of these two parts, the, mm-hmm. the parting of the ways. Yeah. Okay. Not an ominous title at all, that. No, but I, by this point, I was yeah. really, really into this oh, episode. So I did not watch the trailer. Oh, because fantastic. it's the first yeah. time I thought, I want to know yeah. how this plays out organically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's no pre-title scene, just a recap. Yeah. So I skipped yeah. that because I sort of watched them in one go. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is episode 13 of season one. Yeah. From the 18th of June. Yes. I think at the time, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this after <laughs> one season, I'd have been really mad I'd have to wait for this conclusion. I honestly, <laughs> I, I was really into this. Yeah. I, you can't, I cannot tell you how happy I am to hear you say this. So, so, yeah. It begins with the Daleks asking Rose to predict the Doctor's movement. Yeah. As we know, he doesn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So. But the TARDIS is detected in flight and it is destroyed by missiles. Or so you think. Yeah. Classic Doctor Who uh, yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah. It turns out it's just got a force field. Yeah. Never mentioned before. Never no, mentioned they just, after. Yeah, just, they just did just it. needs it. Just made it. And it. Absorbed, <laughs> It appears on board and absorbs Rose. Yeah. And the Dalek. Yep. Okay. And Jack just blasts it. Yeah. Just one of the great shoot first, ask questions later. One of the great joys of a good Dalek episode is watching at least a few Daleks get properly fucked up. Yeah. And we definitely get that in this one. Yeah, because he gets his massive homemade gun and just blasts. An enormous cavity out of it, so you can see the Dalek mutant inside, and that yeah. sort of splattered. It's and, that nice uh, visual of like frayed metal, yeah. and jarred, jagged edges, yeah. and then the slimy innards. Yeah, ice oh, cracking. So the Doctor discusses the Time War, yep, and goes to meet with the Daleks again, surrounded by this force field that just appears when you need it, really, yeah. when it's plot relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the fact that Doctor's known as the oncoming storm. 
That's a, a juicy name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you're going to be known as something, yeah, that's what you want to know. Yeah. I do feel like it's the kind of thing that, every, as you know, we're both D&D players, it's the sort of thing you would want your D&D character yeah. to be known as. Yeah. But if you actually tried to introduce that into a game, everyone would just relentlessly take the piss out yeah. of you for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the Doctor sort of questions how the Daleks yeah. exist. And he here's a voice that says they survived through me. Yeah, and it's this deep, booming yes. version. Like, he's got it's, the same um, modulation of a absolutely. standard Dalek voice. And you, you might have to just clarify that yeah. for me. We find out it's the Emperor of the Daleks. We do. Now, is that a pre-existing title or character from old Doctor Who? I am pretty sure it is, yes. I don't think I have seen the episodes in question where the Emperor Dalek appears. And I think the design of it in this version is new. Um, but I believe it is intended to be the same Emperor Dalek right. from the classic series. And it survived falling through time. Yes. Okay. Do we need to acknowledge when things have fallen through time in the past? Yes. I mean, that's exactly the explanation we have for the, the surviving Dalek in Van Staten's museum. Okay. Yeah. So... Could we assume they're one and the same? Because at the end of that one, it just sort of... Well, it it, it committed suicide. It, it does, but... How... As far as we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I've never I've never made the connection between the two and thought they were the same. I think they just basically, potentially, survived in the same fashion. And if things keep falling through time... Yeah. Why doesn't the Doctor just stop fighting them through time? <laughs> Well, to be fair, he didn't have much choice with the Time War. The Time War... I think the ti- the implication is that the Time War started to happen before the Doctor even became involved in it. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is, this is a bad moment for the Doctor. Like, he struggled enough with the fact that one Dalek had survived whilst all of the Time Lords had been wiped out. Mm. That was a that... bitter pill to swallow already. Yeah. And the fact that there are now... And his gamble hasn't yeah. paid off, yeah. essentially. And is this the point where, where the, 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 the Emperor Dalek reveals how the Daleks have survived? Yes. Yeah. So, sorry, you, you want to... So, okay. in my yeah. notes, yeah. they... Centuries have passed, they've infiltrated the systems of Earth. Yeah. And through their mutations and what have you, they yeah. are now half-human? Well, not quite half-human. I but think he's certainly says, hybrid... What my understanding of it is that the the, um, the Emperor Dalek was essentially alone when he survived, but that he took the opportunity to kind of like extrapolate uh, to take. I think he specifically references like refugees and mm. people like that, like you know, that almost the, the discards of humanity takes them and basically strips them down to the, the the fragments that could then be engineered into new Dalek mutants. So, yeah, essentially, you know, Rose makes the claim, oh, so that makes them part human, and, and the, the, the Emperor Dalek clarifies only something like one cell in a billion was fit yeah. to be Dalek. So they are in, in, in the, the, the most minimal way imaginable um, human. So the Doctor leaves, returns to Satellite 5. Yeah. Whilst the Dalek fleet intend to purify the Earth with fire. Yeah. 
And the Doctor plans on melting the Dalek brains with a Delta wave. Yes. Okay. Again, just seems like a plot point when we need yep. it. Yep. And that's going to take three days. He has 22 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and this is where Jack says my favourite lines of the two episodes. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. So he says goodbye, gives Rose a kiss and tells uh-huh. her she's worth fighting for. Uh-huh. And then kisses the Doctor. The exact same way. And just says, I wish I never met you. Mm. And I, I can understand why he feels that way. Yeah. Rather than saying, thank you for all the adventures, you know, we yeah. are friends. I really like that. Yeah, because, I mean, reading between the lines there is essentially, when he met the Doctor, he was a bit of a, you know, a wheeler dealer, a loose cannon, um, basically in it for himself. Um, and the do- travelling with the Doctor has taught him to be more selfless. Yes. And, we, you know... To the end point of here, he's you know he's making a stand with these humans on the game station against the Daleks, uh, and essentially in unwinnable odds. You know they are a handful of humans with machine guns versus the ultimate killing machine hmm. in its yeah, and half a million thereof. So Russ yeah. suggests that they just go back in time to stop it. At which point the Doctor finally answers the question that a lot of people would have been thinking all through the entire series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't you just go back and fix it? But they um, can't cross their own timeline. Yeah. I mean, we see we see a bit of that in Father's Day, really. Yeah. But, that, yeah, basically, once they land, they become part of events. So then it's hard for them to, you know, you're risking creating fragments in, yeah. in time and, and, and uh, you know. So Make things the, go very, very the wrong. The doctor suggests they just leave. Well, they said they could. He says, yeah. you know, there's hundreds of other planets. Earth isn't that special in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Let's just go. Yeah. And, and he mentions that there are colonies. You know, there are already yeah. colonies of humans on other worlds. So, so yeah. he then remotely triggers the TARDIS to save Rose. Yeah. And a doctor hologram explains to her that she's been taken home. Yeah. Now I don't know how you felt with this. It it breaks my heart every it's time a bit of watching a this. Punch, yeah. Because basically, because he's he's he essentially tricks Rose into this because she's determined to stand and fight to the bitter end with the, with the Doctor, and he's, I mean, he's or he's felt like he's already lost her once. Yeah. In like the last twenty four hours, and he's determined not to let it happen again. So he, in in a similar way, that sometimes. In order to get my dog into the car to go for a walk, you know, I know he's going to enjoy the walk when he gets there, but sometimes he doesn't want to get off the sofa. So, you know, you know, I'll, I'll get a bit of cheese or something to yeah. coax him out. Essentially, he says, "In you go into the TARDIS, Rose. I'll be along in a minute." Yeah, and yeah, and then he remotely triggers it, yeah. and off See, it goes. Me, me and my brother, certainly my older brother, play yeah. a classic game. If we're on a night out going for a few drinks and it's time to move on to another pub yeah we'll put our coats on and say come on it's time to go and when someone in the group leads the way everyone else just sits back down for another drink <laughs> and that's basically what the doctor's done here yeah so the bit I think that really got to me was when he said the best way to remember him was to have a good life yeah I think that's touching sentiment yeah and it's so it's so true to the character. And when he says that she should let the TARDIS die, 
Yeah. You know, we know he doesn't want that. No, I mean, I mean, he's been the TARDIS is his one constant through all of his lives, all of his iterations. So yeah, that's a tough, that's a big sacrifice on his part. And yeah, and also the, talking about the fact that, you know we've established the TARDIS is effectively alive. Yeah. And so that's another death there, um, another, another huge loss. So Rose then leaves the TARDIS. Yeah. And it is. Let's say 2005 for convenience. Sake. Yeah, 2005 or 2006. She's essentially maybe. back yeah. to the yeah. Earth timeline. Yeah, back on her, her on her old estate. Yeah, yeah. And Mickey runs around the corner. Yeah. So from there, we jump back to Jack and the Doctor. Yeah. Jack finds out the Doctor sent Rose home. Yeah. And the Dalek God or Emperor explains yes. the Delta Wave will be ready but not refined, and it will kill everything in its path. Yeah. Both human and Dalek. Yeah. And the range of the transmitter would cover Earth. Yeah. So the Doctor now has the option because his two goals have been save Earth, kill the Daleks. Yeah. But now one contradicts the other. Yeah. So he's in a real pickle. And do you get the feeling that maybe he's been here before? Yes, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, when he'd wiped out the Dalek fleet and somehow his entire race were wiped out. Yeah. Now I'm starting to think, did he do this in the past? Has he made this exact decision in the past? Mm. So he's given the choice, die as a human, live as a Dalek. Yeah. It's a... It's It's a horrible, horrible predicament. And he asks the Dalek to explain what is Bad Wolf. I was absolutely yeah. rubbing my hands <laughs> at this point. Yes. And the Dalek just does nothing. Yeah. The Dalek Emperor just basically, if it had shoulders, it would shrug. Yeah. I threw my <laughs> cup of tea across the room. Right. So, yeah. back on Earth, as in, I say modern Earth, but yeah. 2005 Earth. Yeah. Rose is having a takeaway with Mickey and Jackie. Yeah, I love I love the editing here. So it goes from this like huge portentous um, dialogue between the Doctor, the oncoming storm, versus the Emperor of the Daleks, uh, who b- believes himself to be almost God. Smash cut to a rotisserie chicken. Yeah, and she bas- only in Doctor Who. She basically realizes her life's a bit rubbish. Yeah, because there's a nice comparison. Between the last time we see Rose not having a takeaway but having a meal in Boomtown, yeah. where she's with the Doctor and they're having a whale of a time. Yes. And now he's not there and everything's yeah. just a bit crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that the, the sort and, and the, the, the conversation she's having with Jackie and, and, and Mickey is just so mundane. You yeah. know, they're talking about, oh, have you tried that new pizza place down the road? And, and uh, if I. What was it? And Jackie then says. What do they sell? Yeah. <laughs> says pizza. Oh, right, that's well, nice. I just, I, I, that's that's some great classic Russell T. Davis sort of um, minutia dialogue. Right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to that in a second <laughs> because the Dalek fleet has currently arrived at Satellite 5. Yeah. But back on Earth, Rose sees Bad Wolf sprayed on the floor. So yes. she makes that connection. Yeah. That She's still part of this. Yeah, somehow. The, it, the, the, somehow those words are still following her around, even though she's been sent away from the Bad Wolf Corporation. So she knows she can get back to the Doctor somehow. Yeah. The TARDIS is alive. She thinks it'll listen to her. 
Yeah, all she has to do is somehow talk to it. And at this point, she tells Mickey that there's nothing left for her. Yeah. That's absolutely brutal. That poor guy yeah. has suffered a year of torment. Yeah. Being accused of her murder. Yeah. Then she comes back and he immediately falls back in love with her. Yeah. Then she leaves again and he has to move on with Trisha Delaney. Mm-hmm. She's lost weight. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but then that relationship's jeopardised when Rose comes back. Yeah. yeah. And then Rose, he's still not over. Rose essentially says, nothing for me. Here. Yeah. And he says, and he, he even clarifies, nothing. And she just immediately says, no. And, it's, and I think actually Billy Piper plays it really well in that moment. Um, because it is, it's cruel. It's absolutely cruel. Yeah. But that's just because where her headspace is at, she doesn't have room to care yeah. about Mickey's feelings. It's not, you know, we've talked about the romantic element of the Dr. Rose relationship. And yeah. It's not romantic in the slightest. Mm. She just knows that is her place now. She's not fobbing Mickey off because she's in love with the Doctor. She's fobbing the life off she yeah. can have with Mickey. Yeah. She loves the life she has with the Doctor. Yes, yeah. So the Daleks have started to wipe out civilian soldiers. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps jumping back from the Dalek onslaught, essentially, yeah. back to this yeah. London setting. And we see Mickey's got a new car. Yeah. It's Equ- <laughs> equally as shit as his old car. <laughs> yeah, so it, he's, was, gone, was it, he's gone from a yellow beetle yeah. to a racing green mini. Yeah. I don't know where Mickey gets these cars from. Um, but, but it needs to stop. He does. And it, they plan to use that to open the heart of the TARDIS. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, it's not quite up to the task. We've seen the heart of the TARDIS once before. Yes, in Boomtown. And it took a great deal of energy mm-hmm. to open it. So yeah. shit, Minnie's not going to do it. Not going to do it, no. So, back with the Daleks. Yeah. Some of them are killed by the android. Mm-hmm. Lovely little sort of hero moment for the android there. For the there. android before it's destroyed itself. Yeah. And the Daleks start to move down rather than up. Yeah. So they're moving towards the civilian. Yeah. Rather than up to a conflict with the Doctor. Yeah, because you'd think if they just want to stop the Doctor's plans as quickly as possible... Just go straight up to the Doctor. But no, they're like, oh, hang on. No, there are other human beings that we could slaughter on this space station first. Yeah. So let's make sure we uh, do a thorough job. So, <laughs> back with Rose. We're, yep. we're jumping back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's cutting to scene. Yeah, it's, it? it's, it's cutting very fast. So, Jackie tells Rose to move on. Yeah. That's what her dad would do. Rose confesses that she's met her dad. Yeah. And also met Jackie. Yeah. And... They go back to Father's Day, mm-hmm. where Jackie's telling Rose the story about the blonde girl that was... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jackie at first doesn't want to believe it, and but... she just freaks out and runs away. Yeah. Never to be seen again. Presumably. Until the next scene, where she yeah. reappears. I, I'm struggling to keep track, because we're jumping backwards and forwards. Yeah, Daleks, uh, I, I apologise, by the way, I, I, I should mention the fact that with uh, with the, the, the recent fatherhood and whatnot, um, I left watching these episodes to the last possible minute and was not in a position to make notes, so poor Matt is having to rely uh, very heavily on his notes here. So yeah. you're doing a fine job, Matt, as so, you were. The Daleks are bombing entire continents. Yes. Back with Rose. Yeah. Jackie, who's run off never to be seen again, yeah. appears with a vehicle. So it's a recovery lorry. 
Can you remember who she gets the lorry from? Oh, it's Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, Never uh, to be seen again. <laughs> just, where'd you get that? Rodrigo. I, I, but I love the line, he owes me a favour, don't ask why. Yeah. That's Jackie in a nutshell, isn't it? It's the Doctor Who writing in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, you know this character we've never mentioned? But He's got exactly what we need. Oh, come on. Like, Jackie wouldn't know a Rodrigo. But introduce Rodrigo. <laughs> why do there we... isn't time. Why do we have to have, every episode, some nugget of a character, <laughs> right, who... Quite clearly has some interesting story. I want to know about a man called Rodrigo yeah. that owns a vehicle recovery. And what Jackie did um, yeah, exactly. to, to win his favour. And <laughs> but, No, just not acknowledged. A story for another time. Yeah. This is like Wilson all over again. <laughs> you know, Wilson and Rodrigo are the real history yeah. heroes. Yeah. They? I mean, at least Rodrigo, as far as we know, survives. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, he, he might crop up in series two. Maybe he will. That's going to be my new bad wolf. Yeah. I'm just going to wait for Rodrigo. <laughs> so, back with the Daleks. Jack's leading the defence. Yeah. Uh, the Daleks kill the showrunner man who's yeah. just sort of been there. He, I mean, he's got a crush on that other one, hasn't he? Yeah. That, and that's a little thing that plays throughout the episodes. It, it, it's hard for that, that, that subplot to land because... Neither of them ever have names. Yes. So it's very I've hard just called to care them showrunner man and then yeah. plus woman. <laughs> yeah. So the Daleks begin to cut through to kill Linda. Yes. Um, well, what's happening? She's sort of like standing by the window. The, 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 the Daleks are trying to cut through the door. and But it's like it's almost impenetrable. So she thinks she's safe. And then we see more Daleks just emerging on in you know space yeah. um, on the other side of the window, window smashes. Yeah. R.I.P. Linda with a Y. Yeah. And it's sad because if you if you recall, back in the first episode when um, the Doctor is escaping, he gives Linda a choice. He says, "You stay in this Big Brother house. You've got a fifty-fifty chance of surviving. Come with me, and I'll make sure you live." Yeah. That was a false, false promise. promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Back with Mickey and Rose, they open the heart of the TARDIS. Yeah. Which shoots into Rose's eyes. Yeah. And the goes TARDIS all, disappears. All wibbly and, and, and glowy and what have you. And yeah, yeah, and off goes the TARDIS. Now, back with the Daleks. Jack is killed. Yeah, R.I.P. Jack. Yeah. What, what did you think to, to, to seeing that, knowing, of course, well, that... This one seemed like yeah. a more permanent death, because rather than just disappearing, yeah, he's like... Blasted to bits. So at that point, were you thinking Torchwood maybe a prequel? Possibly, or something? yeah. Because yeah. he is yeah. gunned down in cold blood, not yeah. in a, you know, oh no, you're a pile of dust yeah. now. In no, a, there is. He's a dead body. There's no walking off a Dalek death. Yeah. Yeah. But again, going back to my favourite part from the episode Dalek, when he flops to the floor, he blocks the corridor. Yeah. So, well, we know they can fly now. Yeah, so. we do. Yeah. Okay. So the Daleks descend on the Doctor. Yep. And the Dalek God, or Emperor, yep. wants the Doctor to become the Great Exterminator. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, he's kind of goading him and, and, and being like, you know, you're basically no better than me. It's, again, it's kind of an echo of... I, I'm pretty sure there's that line in, in the episode Dalek where um, 
the Dalek is like, you know, we are the same. You would make a good Dalek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of seeing an echo of that again. Because when given the choice here, coward or killer, the Doctor says he'd rather be a coward any day. Yeah. And maybe it's time the Doctor's exterminated. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously unaware of everything that's going on around him. He thinks this is it. Yeah, he's basically giving up at this point because he can't face the idea of in the process of wiping out the, the Daleks being responsible for another genocide of innocent people. At this point, the TARDIS appears with Rose. Yep. And she's looked into the time vortex. Nobody's supposed to see it. No. As a result of that, she can halt Dalek beams. She goes a bit Neo. Yeah, she goes... Um, yeah. It's basically... Deus Ex Rose or Deus Ex Tardis, however you want to look at it, she has essentially gained godlike powers by, you know, looking into the heart of the Tardis and kind of absorbing all of this energy. Um, so, this is where we get some form of revelation. Yeah. Rose says, "I am the Bad Wolf. I create myself." Yeah. I take the words, scatter them in time and space, a message to leave myself here. So, yes, at which point we see the, the sign, the Bad Wolf Corporation yeah. sign, and literally the letters are kind of, to sort of peel away and scatter. Um, so, there you go. That is your explanation for Bad Wolf. Right. Uh, when we get to the end, I, I, I we'll have, have a, a discussion. Question. Yeah, okay. okay. So, yeah. the time vortex will make Rose burn. Mm -hmm. It's not for an ordinary person yeah up. no so so she's so having having disintegrated all of the daleks the individual ones the dalek ships the That's dalek it, emperor she says yeah. i want to see you safe my doctor protected yeah. from the false god yeah you are tiny i can see the whole of time and space every single atom of your existence and i divide them yeah so she just she's literally just just dispersing and disintegrating yeah. all of the daleks and and then goes even further than that doesn't she um yeah. so she says everything must come to dust all yeah. things everything dies the time war ends yeah the dalek says i will not die i cannot die yeah so, i mean you can mate yeah but no prizes for where that cliffhanger <laughs> and the whole fleet's destroyed yeah okay now rose at this point's a little bit drunk on power yeah she brings jack back to life she does so yeah. where we have the issue at the end of the empty child where they ensure everyone lives. Yeah. Here it's sort of the flip side to yeah. that issue where it's not positive. Yeah. Okay. So the power's killing Rose. She kisses the doctor yeah. who absorbs the power and yeah. Rose faints. Yeah. Okay. And the doctor gives the power back to the TARDIS. Yeah. The TARDIS vanishes and leaves Jack. Yeah. I was a little bit saddened by that. He's yeah. I mean, I'm and he's, he's, Seemed saddened by it as well. I think he maybe would have appreciated the lift, but yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Abandoned. Yeah. Okay. And something weird starts happening to the Doctor's hand. Yeah. Going into this, I know that the Doctor has this ability of regenesis because yeah. obviously it's sort of just how they explain different actors. Yeah. Yeah. Regeneration. But yeah. What actually is it? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I know. It does have weird rules. So I'm aware when... Is it Jodie Whittaker, the current yeah. doctor? 
so is it something like 13 times they can do it and they shouldn't be able to do it more than that mm, so there yeah. shouldn't be yeah. a new doctor but there is yeah and... yeah there was um there was an offhand line in an, in a classic episode which basically said yeah um you can have 12 regenerations i.e. 13 individual incarnations of a time lord right um I don't really want to say too much about it, to be honest. Um, right. I think there's some stuff coming up that might help you get your head around it a little right. more. So, um, but basically, in a nutshell, when a Time Lord reaches the point of death, rather than just dying, if they if they haven't reached the end of their regeneration cycle, uh, they will just become reborn and will just kind of their body will rebu- rebuild atom by atom. Well, and he, it's a bit of a random process. Yeah, the doctor does say it's a bit yeah. dodgy. You never know what you're going to end up with, which yeah. is nice when he talked about his ears in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he says, I'm going to change and never see you again. Not like yeah. this. Which, yeah. genuinely, I was quite upset by. Because yeah. through doing this, Eccleston's doctor yeah. is my doctor. Yeah, if that makes sense, it's absolutely. The one, it's he's, the only he's, one I've known. Exactly, it's your gateway into this yeah. show, and, and I you've have just real affection for you've it. You've just, just had enough en- time. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. starting to enjoy it. Yeah, and he's gone. Yeah, okay? it's but it's devastating, I isn't it? Absolutely loved the line. Yeah. You were fantastic, and so, so was I. I. It's because he was. Yeah. I, you know. And of course, that's kind of been his catchphrase throughout the series as fantastic. That's, yes. you know, in every episode, that's his kind of go-to descriptor. Um, so, yeah, perfect last lines for Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. And he bursts into flames and yeah. turns into David Tennant. Yeah. And you have witnessed your first, first regeneration. regeneration. Wow. Uh, like I say, I, I really, really mm. like this episode. The the closer it got to the end, the more into it I think I was. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a really really strong finale um, because so, it manages to pull together so many loose threads um, and and episodes that at first glance seem throwaway. All of a sudden, yes, the the mo- the majority of the plot is self contained within the episode, but there but is an I element mean, in there. There's that, a core that yeah. is all leading to this conclusion. Yeah. Now, one question I have. Yes. Okay. So, 13 episodes, my main question has been, what is Bad Wolf? Wolf? Yeah. We've got there. Yes. Why is it called Bad Wolf? <laughs> Why isn't it coming. just, I am God. I yeah. am God-like. Yeah. I am, you know, superhuman. Why Bad Wolf? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a valid question. You know, because um, Bad Wolf, I had, the imagery in my head that mm-hmm. conjured was of... The wolf from Neverending Story, yeah, which yeah. haunted me as a child, and I, I thought we... there was going to be some dark presence and evil. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the god power you probably wouldn't wish upon yeah. somebody, yeah. But why bad wolf? It's a good question. It's one that I've had to think about over the years. I don't know that Rathal T. Davis has ever gone on record and said why he chose those specific words. Because, of course, they, it could have been anything, as you yeah. say. Um, the only significance it has is the fact that the, those were the, that, was, that was Rose's end point that she needed to get back to. So that was the message she was sending yeah. herself throughout See, the other I, episodes. Again, I had the link between Bad Wolf 
and Rose's dad. Yeah. I thought maybe did he tell yeah. a specific fairy tale? Well, that's the thing because it because the, the classic association with Bad Wolf is the big Bad Wolf from Red either Riding Red Riding Hood or Three, Three Little, Little Pigs. Pigs or something like that. Um, if we take the Red Riding Hood Bad Wolf. That, of course, is um, has the whole disguise theme to it, you know, that it, it dresses up as, as, as an innocent granny. So is it the idea of you've got this innocent young girl with the power of a god? Mm. Is that maybe the thematic connection that was ticking over in the back of Russell T. Davis's head? I obviously don't know. I don't know because, I don't, as I say, if he has gone on record about it, I've never read um, his... Uh, explanation for it right. and I think maybe he's reticent to do so because I mean it is what it is uh, and I can see how that would be frustrating yeah. and unsatisfying but if <laughs> we start watching series 2 yeah just a simple yes or no answer yeah. suffice. is there going to be another bad wolf style easter egg because I genuinely don't know if I've got it in me right your look says it all. There's something. <laughs> There's going to be something, isn't there? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Great. To be fair, it, it's different. And you'll know it when you see it. Uh, I know. The problem is I'll know it every time I see it. And yeah. It'll drive me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway... We'll get there when we get there. Um, I, I think this will about do it for this episode, won't yeah. it? It's One um, series down. Yeah, it's flown by, yeah. hasn't it? I should have bought a cake. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I'm always up for cake. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, um, thank you to all the listeners who have stuck with us over this first series. Um, I hope you'll stick around a little bit longer. We've got a series wrap-up episode next week. And then the following week, uh, we will be dipping our toes into Classic Who, which I'm very, very excited about. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> If it says Bad Wolf in classic documentary, this plot point has been planted for 30 years. I will be livid. God, imagine that. Um, But anyway, yes, so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what we're going to be doing with Classic Who next week. But for now, thank you very, very much for listening. Um, As we said at the top of the episode, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, timelosspacepod at gmail.com. But until next time, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Okay, bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who.